0: Welcome in. This is the Stoler Insights Podcast. We got David Pick here out of the EuroLeague, out of Tel Aviv, Israel. How are you doing, David?
1: Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. What's up? Uh,
0: not much. We're going to talk some Luka Donich a lot. First, I want to ask you, how do you say his name in Igor Kostikov? I want to make sure I have it right.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's Luka Doncic. Yeah, it it, it sounds like Donchich or Donchich with the C, but it, it's like 2 chs. It's Doncic.
0: because yeah, we learned a lesson from Dragic, but people still keep getting that one wrong. He's
1: been in the league for 10 years. Ex- exactly. It, it's, it's the exact same pronunciation and spelling. It's that silent C that that in Europe it's like Bogdanovic. It's not, you don't call him Bogdanovic, but it's it's that same ex-Yugoslavian pronunciation that we keep confusing.
0: Yeah, so Luka Donet Doncic, Doncic. Doncic. Right. What about um, the new uh, coach that coached Slovenia, Igor
1: Igor Kokoshkov. I mean, but, Kokoshkov, so yeah, but, but this, this guy, I think he was the first European assistant NBA coach ever to win a championship, I think, when he was with Detroit. And, uh, and then with Utah, I mean, guys in the NBA should be familiar with oh, him for he's sure. Been
0: 19 years or so, I heard. And he's sure. One, he's the first non-American, non-North American born head, head coach. coach. And yeah. the one in Charlotte, Borrego, is the first, uh, I think, Latino head coach. So it's pretty, pretty.
1: Yeah, James. There. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really impressive that, um, at the same time that a lot of organizations are going with first time coaches, you know, organizations that weren't as successful over the last couple of years and haven't been able to make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're putting all their eggs in like rookie coaches in, in, in that kind of bag. And, uh, it's another avenue that teams are pursuing and an interesting one because you have all these experienced coaches who are sitting out, or guys like David Blatt, who made the finals in the NBA, and then he was the number one coach in the East with the best record and fired him. You know, he's proven himself in the NBA, and these rookie coaches are getting looks before him, so that's interesting as well.
0: Yeah. I do want to bring up David Blatt just so that you could help ex- explain to everybody how um, uh, revered he is in EuroLeague circles and not in the NBA. People who only knew him when he played for the Cavs and was with LeBron there. He overseas, he was prolific.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's, he's like a god in Europe, you know, in, in, in the coaching sphere outside of, uh, Zeliko Obradovich, who coaches Fenerbahce, who is really like, you know, the Zeus among coaches in Europe. And he's won the most titles and he's the most famed coach. But David Blatt is, you know, he's, he's the LeBron James of Europe. Like anywhere he goes, like he'll package him up and people come to see him. Um, but, but, you know, I, I spoke to one of the, um current assistant coaches, I mean who was an assistant coach or is an assistant coach on last year, I mean on this year's NBA roster and is trying to uh, get in with the team or did get in with the team. I don't want to give away too much information on who it was, but you know, I asked him, all these teams are interviewing assistant coaches, and you have David Black trying to get back to the NBA. And he won the Euro League, he coached in the NBA very successfully, and he just came off a season of winning the Euro Cup championship, which is a second tier uh, competition in Europe outside of the Euroleague and he's getting no looks. Like, why does that happen? And this, this assistant coach who has been in the NBA for, for longer than a minute. He's like, David, like, you know, should be told, these teams don't really care about Europe. They don't care what your accolades are, what you've done, their accomplishment, you know, your accomplishment, your resume is what, what you've done in the NBA. Cause it's, it's a different ball game. And, you know, as, as eye popping as it was, there's some truth to it. And, and it's evident we see all these teams hiring. NBA assistant coaches.
0: It's a lot about, it seems it's a lot more about player development now, as well as um, just kind of, who do you, who do you know? Who do you trust? Who do you network with? And right. Therefore, right. that's why, in the same way with players, that's why the two, the, the D league and the G league and the, uh, as well as the two-way contracts are really helping um, bridge that gap between players and who, who are they comfortable with? Who are you comfortable with talking to and really right. trusting with your program?
1: Right. I spoke to an assistant coach um, in Europe a few days ago and, you know, asked him what's next now that his season's over. And he's fluent in English and he said he's trying to get in um, on a staff in the G League because he said, you know, nowadays, if you want to get to the NBA, you have to go through the G League. It's,
0: it's important. So that's
1: another avenue people are pursuing. Yeah.
0: So how long have you um, known covered Luca?
1: uh that's a good questions since his rookie year to be honest i mean um since he was 16 i, I don't know, i think he even i think he i don't know if he was 16 when his first when he played his first game he might have been 15 and change or maybe 16 but you know i remember watching his first game those first seconds he came on for real madrid he I think he knocked down a corner three that's that game uh, in the spanish league and, and and you know i'm very close with, with his father and we talk all the time and I know, you know, the story behind how he transferred from Slovenia to Madrid as a young kid and you know, the history between his parents and everything. So you know, I know and followed Luca for many years, so and I was fortunate enough and now you guys are gonna be fortunate to cover him in the league.
0: Absolutely. So he's nineteen right now, so he's about three years or so. Right. Um so he um I guess we'll talk about first off, what's the differences that you see between your league or the European, all the leagues there? Compared to the NBA in terms of, I, from what I've heard it's better, more passing. Obviously there are adults playing rather than just kids in terms of NCAA and stuff like that. What do you see?
1: Uh, it, that's a pretty, it's a, it's a very general question because comparing, yeah, you're, you can't compare the Euro leagues to, to the other European leagues. So comparing it to the NBAs, the level of talent is different. Not everywhere, not every country does play the same style of basketball. In, in, in some sense, what you said is true. You know, um, the paints clogged. There's no three second violation, which in the NBA helps a lot of players get to the, get to the, to the cup easier because once you blow by your man, there's no really help defense there. It's different in Europe. There's a lot of zone defense. Um, there's a lot more passing, but it, it pertains to what league you are. Like, for example, the Spanish league is a lot more, um, aggressive. And tactful and, you know, there's a much high level, high level basketball. In Israel, it's really like another, it's an extension of the D League slash G League. I mean, you have ballpark players here. There's up and down basketball. No one really plays defense. They're jacking up four pointers. So, I mean, even, even you compare European basketball to European basketball, it's very different where you're playing.
0: I mean, if P.J. Tucker could win, uh, I think it was, Israel MVP. In Israel. German. Uh, it's like yeah, I mean, before he came
1: over to NBA and figured out how to shoot and play. Right. A completely different player. Totally different player. I mean in Israel he I mean he was like uh he was like he was like Draymond Green over here. I mean he was bullying people. He he didn't he didn't really have that shot that he developed over the years in the NBA. But he he did everything in, in Israel. Really and he was the MVP, like he won the championship against Maccabi. Uh, I think it was against Omri Caspi and Will Bynum and then those guys. And, you know, I mean, uh it's crazy to see where he is. And it's funny because right now in Israel, you see on social media, the reporters and the fans on Facebook and, and the Paul Hulon team, the team he played for and won a championship with. I mean, they're all supporting Houston now. You have all these tweets like, this guy started out here. Now he's in the NBA finals. Like, anything's possible. And it's really true. Trust the process. Like, there's all this kind of funny <laughs> slogans around TJ. So that's funny. A, and I, I see him occasionally when I, when I'm in summer league, you know, I always bump into him and he's always out there and we talk and it's really, really fun. He's such a cool guy.
0: Yeah, I stood next to him one time at a, at a sun's practice and, uh, I'm six foot seven, but he's only, he's, I think he's listed like six four, six five. Wow. He must be six two, but his like shoulder was the size of my head. I couldn't believe how strong he was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, PJ Tucker, yeah, they're, are posters up in the arena in Colon of him, you know, dunking over people and, holding a championship trophy, like, he, he's a legend over here. Wow. They might even bring him for, like, a ceremonial, you know, hanging his jersey up in the rafters or something like that. Like, I know the owner's thinking about bringing him back, so. Wow. We'll see. Once
0: he's done. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Luca. Um, in terms of what do you, does he deserve to be the number one pick in your mind?
1: <sighs> uh, when people ask me that question, uh, I kind of like to, to compare Luca to college players in, in terms of Europe. So what I think what, what, what college players like DeAndre Aiden and, and Bagley and, and Michael Porter Jr. and all those guys, and even Trey Young, like what they're doing in college is impressive and it's great. And Luca can do that over there too. I'm certain of it because he had like triple doubles in Europe. Okay. Playing against grown men. What he has done over here, winning MVPs. In the best league outside the NBA, in the NBA, in the EuroLeague, in the best domestic league uh, in, in Spain, those kids—they can't do that over here. I mean, not in our wildest dreams. It's just impossible. And I see funny people like, you know, their tweets like, so "Real Madrid and Luca won the EuroLeague," and 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 Villanova can beat them, or Kentucky can beat them, or Kansas can beat them. No, they right? smacked them by 20, easy. It's just a different basketball game. So does he deserve so if and on that comparison you know if that's the measure of which you know measuring Luca to those kind of guys yes, I think he deserves to go with the number one overall pick but the game is different. The game is really really different in the NBA and it caters to DeAndre Ayton a lot more and when I talked to one of the one of the coaches in the NBA you know they asked me about Luca and there were some people in the there were over 15 NBA teams with representatives in the final four and they asked me about Luca. And I said, you know, what do you, you know, put yourself in, in the sun's shoes. What do you do? Who do you draft? And some of them said, you know, it's a lot easier to go out there and get a point guard than to go out there and get a big man. Look at New Orleans with Rajon Rondo, who was bouncing around all these teams and it wasn't really working out for him. And then all of a sudden he blows up in the playoffs. It's much easier to gamble on a guard than it is to find a big man. And I don't think guys like DeAndre Ayton come around every so often. So. I just think it's really tough to 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 swallow that pill. I know that people compare Igor, um, you know, they're 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 not comparing. I mean, they're linking Igor to Luca because you know he's coached him in Slovenia. They actually have the same agent. They're from BDA. Um, it's an obvious, they're obvious ties, but I don't think it's a clear cut. I think really Phoenix go with anyone, and 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 in my opinion, I really think they might go with DeAndre because I you know I sat, um. Few weeks ago, and I was in Athens for the final four of the FIBA Champions League, and I was sitting with uh, Mike James, who played this season for for Phoenix. He's in at the Nikos. You know, we talked about Luca, and you know, this is before they hired the coach and changed the system. But it, it, Mike's opinion, like Mike said, he doesn't think Luca's a good fit out there with those guys. So if he said that, and he was in the organization, so you know, who am I to judge? So I think it's better for them to, to draft uh, Aiton, but. I don't know about that.
0: I think he may be biased. He kind of played himself out there. He had a good week and then he, that was something else.
1: Um, yeah, I heard, you know, I heard some, I heard some like stories. I heard some, some of the stories. Um, but yeah, uh, he might be, I mean, I know him, him and Devin Booker, Devin Booker are extremely close. And, um, so I'm sure Devin's picking his brain about, you know, who is this teen phenom kid that everyone's talking about that might be playing on my side next year. So. I'm sure he asked Mike about
0: it. Absolutely. What about the the defensive potential? Because I think he's six eight. What does he project as? Is he is he actually a point guard? People say he can't. Like I know he can pass. I've seen we've seen that. Right. And then we so that, what what about defense? And then versus Aiton in terms of we um, think I don't like if Aiton if Aiton ends up being David Robinson, then okay, we'll take Aiton. But I think that right. Right. I think and from what I'm saying, if we have Booker, uh, Jackson, and and Doncic. You don't have a bad offensive possession for ten years.
1: Right, but what do you do on defense?
0: Exactly. You, you get Capella, you get Quinn Capella or somebody to, to help save that.
1: Maybe, and we know Alex Lynn is Alex Len doesn't want to be there. Alex Glenn wants to leave. You're out of big you're big you know, you'll minus a big man. And you're hoping you get Um Listen, his defense is, is not his ticket. You know, that's not why he's going to the NBA. Um I just recently saw some highlights that I posted um, uh, I remember what it was. It was, maybe it was a year ago on Twitter. Um, it was the matchup in Slovenia played here in Israel. It was Luka Dončić against Omri Kaspi. And if you, if you, if you search it in the search bar on Twitter, you just type in Kaspi Dončić and IMD Pick, which is my Twitter handle. You see, you know, roughly two minutes of highlights that I clipped together. And on defense, you know, Luka is just, it's really not his game, <laughs> to be honest. His lateral movement is really slow and he, sometimes he looks, um, Disengaged on defense. Um, if his defender, if his, you know, if the players is as mobile as Omri is, then you'd see that he just, he'll just lose him too many times because he's just not aware. Luca's more of a guy who knows where to stand, who knows where to position himself on the court for rebounds. He's a good rebounder for a guard because of his, because of his height. Um, I don't know, you know, can he stand in front of the Russell Westbrooks of the world? No, he can't. But then again, Milos Teodosic, you know, wasn't the greatest defender in the world. And, you know, I think he's been pretty solid for, for the Clippers. So, you know, I, when that was, when Luke, when Milos was going to the Clippers that offseason, I asked Jeremy Pargo, who played on some NBA teams, you know, what are they going to do? What are they, what is Milos going to do? Like, how are they going to hide him on defense? And Jeremy said, you know, people don't go to the NBA to play defense. So <laughs> if he, if he keeps it up on offense, he'll be fine. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: he'll, he'll stay on the radio. What about a help defender?
1: Uh, that's a good question. He, he, he has that in his game because he's extremely intelligent and smart and he has high basketball IQ. So he likes to stay around the rim because he, he gets rebounds, which allows him to help. And that's something that might be difficult for him in the NBA because of the three second violation, because here he plays the one through four. So we'll even guard power forwards and be closer to the rim. Whereas in the NBA, there's a huge height differential and he won't be around the ring that often. So help defense, I don't really know if we'll see so much of that because, you know, if the guy's on the wing and he'll blow by his man, I don't know how much time Luca has from the opposite wing to come and help uh, from the weak side to the free throw area. Um, but it, defense is just, it's just not his ticket. You know, he's athletically average. There's um, nothing special in that perspective. So you know, will he struggle? It really depends on what kind of defense you have. You know, Sharunas Jasikavicius, the coach of Kaunas who played in Indiana. I think he played in Golden State. He's by far, like, widely regarded as probably the worst defender ever in a guard ever. And he played in Maccabi, won Euroleague champions championships. And I remember they were they were defensive schemes to hide him, like literally. How do we hide this guy on defense and stay in the game? So. You know, it really depends what how they play. And, you know, Devin Booker, when he, whenever he decides to turn it on, then he plays defense, but more times than not, he doesn't. So,
0: so how do you, you know, we'll see. Like, I think that because of, because Jackson Booker and Doncic are about the same height, I think you can pretty much switch them right. to whoever you need to. So Jackson is going to be, like, I can see him being defensive player of the year in the future. Um, I, I don't know how long that will take, but I think that you could play all three of them, switch wherever you want, have like Bender and Capella or something out there and you're not gonna give up like tons defensively, but you're gonna be very versatile in offense and lots of good playmaking. So the question is just kind of like what well, what about Luca is gonna translate, do you think, to the NBA and what's not?
1: Uh what'll translate? He um he over the over the last couple of years he developed a very efficient step back shot, which wasn't in his game. And he worked on it and he does that at a very high level because he's extremely savvy with his body. He has amazing body control and he loves that Euro step that James Harden does all the time. And you know, he's going to bring a lot of offensive talent, smarts, things that people haven't seen in the NBA. He's, he's an old version point guard in the, in modern era basketball. And he's doing it amazingly because he's, he's just not athletic whatsoever. And he can control his body and maneuver around defenders, get into the lane, get offensive rebounds because of his length over here, which is a, which is a plus in the NBA. I don't know how effective that'll be. Um, he'll struggle with defense. Like to be honest, he'll struggle because you know he's not athletic. Um, his, his lateral movement is, is slow, and over here he has trouble staying in front of guys so over there for sure. That's going to be a key in in how they defend with him. Um, it depends on the day with Luka, really. You know, it really depends on what side of the bed he wakes up in the morning, because you know he's matured a lot. A year ago, uh, in the playoffs, he had a bad game. He was sobbing on the bench. He was crying. His coach went over to comfort him, and then he came out this year in the playoffs first game. He had zero assists. His team's get his team gets blown out by 30. Nick Calaitis, who was a clear-cut MVP at the time, played for Memphis had 16 assists over Luca. you know, that was embarrassing, and then he comes out in the Final Four, you know, um, what was it, he got to the free throw line 18 times more than any other player in the Final Four, on, uh, rosters loaded with NBA talent, chosen season MVP, Final Four MVP, I mean, he just flipped the switch, and that's, that's a mental, you know, mental, um, You know, you really have to give him credit for that. Credit for the people who worked with him, where he was, where he is right now, in just one year. You know, I remember, you know, we were talking about Luca as a 16 year old. His mom would drive him and pick him up, uh, from practice because he can't get a license. And then all of a sudden Luca was a kid who finally is, is learning how to drive. And then Luca's the kid who got his driver's license. Now Luca's the MVP. Like, there's always some kind of label that follows him around. Um, and you know, now from going to the NBA, it'll be the MVP of Europe.
0: So, um uh, well, how do you think? I mean, I guess I we've already kind of danced around it, but uh, Gerald has a question of how would a donut fit with Booker and Jackson as opposed to maybe Aiton with Booker and Jackson? Do you think which one fits better than the other?
1: Uh I think Aiton will fit a lot better because Aiton brings you know pick and roll game where Luca he likes to create off the pick and roll as does Booker, but you need a big for that. And you already have a high level guy in Booker who can score when he scores 60 in one game. Uh, so you have that he got, score. He got 70. Give him 70. So, you know, give him a guy who can pick and pop, pick and roll, throw it up to him. He'll bring it down. I mean, there's no comparison. If You know, you, you said it correctly. Like you have three guys, solid height. You know, Devin and Luca are, 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 you know, measure more or less the same. Um, they both can shoot Devin had a much better consistency, much higher level, more high level than Luca can shoot it. Um, it's a different ballgame. You get all three of them. Who are your big men? You know, what do you put on the floor on the front line to go up and compete against every team for to make yourself a contender for the playoffs? I'm not talking the championship, but the playoffs. So what kind of bigs are you going to get if you draft Luca as opposed to you draft a big man? All right. You have some kind of way to maneuver around it. You have the pick and roll game. You have a defensive presence. You have some offensive rebounds. Those are things that the Suns have to calculate. You know, they have to make a calculated decision. And I don't think any decision will be, you know, you can't fault someone for making the wrong pick. You never know how these kids, you know, get drafted. Right. I mean, Draymond fell. Donovan Mitchell fell. um, The kid from the Lakers, which I love him, fell also. Uh, Kuzma bad, fell. I mean, dude, fell, yeah, you nice. don't know. I mean. That's what I'm saying. You know, they don't really know how how, you know, that's why I love Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose does that. Uh, he, he redrafts the NBA sometimes. He redrafts the draft. And I love to see, you know, how you now they remeasure the guys knowing a year later what 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 what, what was of them, what made it, you know, how they developed. And, you know, you, you'll never know. But on paper right now, if you ask me, I think Luca can be the number one pick. But I think for the Suns, Aiden would be a better pick.
0: I can see that. I think it kind of, I'm writing about this right now. It kind of goes to what can you get? I agree that there, it's easier to get a point guard, but right now the, the way the point guard is, either you end up with Alfred Payton or, or Isaiah Cannon or, or Brandon Knight, not what you want as your starting point guard. And if you pick Aitan, well, no, or you have to go really expensive. No.
1: Yeah. None of those guys are, in my opinion, are comparable to Luka Doncic. Exactly.
0: So. None of them. Because that's the question, like Luka Donich would be so Doncic would be so much better, or you have to go super expensive, trade for Kemba, or the total um mm-hmm. high in the sky is um go for Lillard, John Waller or uh a Kyle Lowry. And it's like then you're tying up so much calf space, especially with giving Booker the max extension right. in the summer, how are you gonna do that? But right. if if for some like my uh, one idea is if can the Cavs well the Cavs made the finals, but if the Cavs don't win And, and LeBron wants to go to Houston, then they can't afford to pay Capella his max, and the Suns can jump in, and they're already, uh, rumored to want him. So, there's ways to, to work around that. Um, and, well, and then they can build in with veterans, because they're, they're done tanking. They're, I mean, I say you give up the 2019 first round pick, you give up 16, you give up 31, 59, and Chris, and like Warren, and see what you can get.
1: Right. Also, Dennis Schroeder wants out of Atlanta, so there's another point guard on the market.
0: Do you think he's good enough to, like, be a starter? I don't think so. I don't see it. But...
1: Uh, I mean, we've seen it this year. And, you know, so they shipped off Jeff T to give Dennis the reins to that team, uh, because they were kind of stepping on each other's toes. And, alright, so Jeff T had a better supporting cast in Minnesota yeah, than, than Dennis had in Atlanta. We'll give him that to his credit, but, you know I think there's a maturity level that Dennis hasn't reached yet which can separate him from where he is now and where he can be as a starting point guard.
0: I mean I say probably Dennis probably could be better than Jeff Teague but does that mean he's better than Don Does that mean he's an he's above average starting point guard No, I don't think so. No, um, he's not better than Doncic. But you can't
1: get the you can't get the best of you can't get the best of both worlds. You can't eat the cake and keep it whole. You want the best available home, point guard and the best available big. Yeah,
0: I can't so I can't do it. But you, you have to you, you, you can't know, win it oh, all. Um, one other question someone asked is, why does Luca have a tiger tattooed on his arm?
1: I have no idea. I always forget to ask him that. I keep seeing that in the game. And it's so big, it's like massive, it's in your face. And, and I keep forget, I always forget to ask him. I have no idea why he did that. I just like to think that he sees himself as like the tiger, the king of the jungle, the jungle is his basketball court, and he's the best. So, I just, that's the correlation that I like to make, but, I, you know, I wouldn't go around coming to the NBA saying I'm the new king. We know who the king is in the NBA. There's just one king. So, yeah, yeah that's a good question.
0: Some more questions are coming in here. On, is Donich Donchich able to handle an 82-game schedule? Is he tough enough for the physicality of the NBA?
1: Uh, let me run down a list here of uh, NBA players that he competed against in a Final Four. And before that, uh, in the summer, um, when they won the EuroBasket with Slovenia, when he won it, um, you know he went up against some tough teams. He went up against Kristaps Porzingis in Latvia uh, and the Bertans brothers. And I, I, you know recently I, I, I read somewhere that Porzingis said he wanted to kill Luka Doncic because of his performance. He said, "I wanted to kill him." He went up against a, a tough Serbian team. Uh, I, I don't know if he, they played the Spanish team or not. And those guys are loaded with NBA players. And a lot of people say, like, all right, so he's playing in Europe, but can he play against the NBA guys? He's not really playing against LeBron James every night or the Golden State Warriors every night or the Houston Rockets every night, right? You're not going up against the top teams for 82 games. But listen to this list of players who he has been playing against just in the Final Four and in the EuroLeague. Nando DiColo, Jason Thompson, um, Anthony Randolph, Rudy Fernandez, Gustavo Ayon, Trey Tomkins, Jeffrey Taylor, Ben Oudrich, uh, Jan Vesely, James Nunnally, these are players, players who played in the NBA, who started in the NBA, and this guy's the MVP. This guy got to the line more than anyone. He scored in double digits in the semifinals and the finals. I mean, it, all right, he's not going to be your NBA all-star in, in one or two years, but he can compete in the NBA because these guys are NBA players, and, you know, part of my language, he's schooling them. He's kicking their asses.
0: Yeah, it's 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 kind of you kind of go both ways. It's, they can't go wrong. The Suns cannot go wrong picking either guy. It's kind of what do you think free agency will be like? Can you trade um, up to get somebody else that you also think can fill a fill a need that you have? Um, so it's kind of like it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And I think it's June twenty third, and what can shake out in July in free agency.
1: Right. Listen, the 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 question of, of can he handle the eighty two game schedule is a very good question. And it's one that, um, I think I read that Jonathan Givoni on, on ESPN, he, uh, he mentioned that. I think he referred to that in his article. Um, you yeah, know, I think someone said LeBron James has played hundred games this season or, you know, just one hundred, you know, in the NBA. Um, I think Luka Doncic is, is right there with LeBron in terms of games played at a much higher intensity than LeBron has played games this season in the NBA. Um, and more aggressive because he's played with the with the Slovenian national team and he's played in the EuroLeague and and he's playing in the Spanish league and and, and the Spanish league will finish after uh the NBA finals. So he ha- he's wrapped up some mileage on that body. And I can tell you in in, ter- in terms of his work ethic, um he doesn't always come in before practice, he doesn't always stay after practice. He does uh, he does he does do some, uh, recovery and, and normal treatment. Um, he likes to, he likes to stay to shoot sometimes with the young guys, with his friends, Usta and Radoncic, who are the other young kids on, on the team. They're kind of like, you know, a, a close-knit group, those three, but he isn't that guy who, you know, you praise his work ethic like LeBron. He's not coming in, putting up shots an hour before. He's not staying later 30 minutes to jack up another 100 shots or work on, you know, more pick-and-roll defenses with the chair or, or offensive schemes. He, he's not that kind of guy. So, you know, he's wrapped up some mileage, and, you know, they'll have to play it in the NBA when to rest him and when not because he's really young, and he's played uh, a shitload of games.
0: And the, p- part, of the part of it's probably because he's been the MVP of the league. Like, once you get the NBA, he'll see this, the landscape and see what he needs to work on and start working on that before and after practice to really get of better – for what he's going to be doing for the next ten years. Absolutely. Yep. I think that's all I've got here. Uh, do you want to plug anything? Uh,
1: um, no. I think we're good.
0: Cool. Well, I'll plug some things. Um, everybody, uh, think, follow the podcast. This is the SolarInsights.net podcast. We got tons of episodes there to check out. Also, check out my uh, other business, EliteHoopsDevelopment.com. I'm an Impact Basketball certified trainer. I got a Free shooting clinic this uh sunday at two o'clock so check that out uh, follow me at, on twitter at eric underscore star and david what's your twitter again
1: it's i am the pick
0: there you go follow that I A
1: N D I C K
0: definitely follow him he's got all the all the stuff in Europe. if who you want to follow thanks so much everybody thanks david for your
1: time